Taiwan reported 25,310 local COVID cases on Thursday and 114 COVID-related deaths. The CECC also announced Taiwan's first case of community transmission involving the BA5 subvariant. So far, five of the patient's contacts have tested negative for COVID. Health authorities suspect the patient acquired the infection from relatives who will be tested for this subvariant. Let's hear from the CECC. Today, we are also reporting on the first case of community transmission of the Omicron BA.5 subvariant. It is a woman in her 20s in northern Taiwan. She had received three vaccine doses and has no recent history of travel overseas. She was previously diagnosed with COVID in mid-May and recovered. The patient lives with her parents who tested positive for COVID in early July and mid-July. The patient herself experienced a runny nose on July 5th and tested positive on a rapid test on July 6th. That same day, the results were confirmed in a PCR test. Since she met the criteria to be considered a reinfection case, the hospital notified the government and sent a sample for genetic sequencing. It has now been confirmed to be the BA.5 subvariant. The woman had already recovered from a previous infection in May when there were still no confirmed cases of BA.5 in Taiwan. Authorities think that that infection was caused by the then-dominant BA.2 subvariant. Results are still pending to determine whether her parents were also infected by the BA.5 subvariant. The executive yuan on Friday announced a reshuffle of Ministry of Health officials. The move comes after Health Minister Chen Shizhong resigned to run in Taipei's mayoral race. The new Health Minister will be Chen's old deputy, Xue Reiyuan, and the CECC will be headed by Victor Wang, who is the new Deputy Health Minister. The executive yuan also announced that Zhang Shangchun, who has been a convener of CECC Specialist Advisory Panel, will be the executive yuan's top epidemic prevention advisor. Deputy Health Minister Xue Reiyuan has been confirmed as Taiwan's new health minister. The ECC official Victor Wong will take over Xue's old job and also serve as the new CECC commander. Meanwhile, Zhang Shangchun, another top CECC official, will be the Executive UN's top epidemic prevention advisor. Xue has a unique academic background. He started out as a gynaecologist and is also qualified as a lawyer. He's drafted laws for a system to alleviate risks relating to childbirth. Former Deputy Minister Xue Reiyuan is skilled in relevant government affairs and over the last two years has assisted Minister Chen Shizhong to smoothly promote various epidemic prevention measures and policies. Moreover, he has cooperated with Minister Chen's working group over the long term and they have a mutual understanding. He should be able to start work immediately on relevant duties. The appointment that surprised the public was the promotion of Victor Wong, the head of the Ministry of Health and Welfare's Hospital and Social Welfare Organisation's Administration Commission. He was promoted from the deputy head of the CEC's medical response team to deputy health minister. 
During the COVID pandemic, he was dispatched to several large-scale COVID clusters. His abilities won the approval of the Executive UN. For more than two years, he has assisted in preventing the risk of many clusters. He has also cooperated with medical institutions to quickly set up nine major screening stations in Greater Taipei, Geelong and Taoyuan, and child vaccination stations in the six special municipalities, among other things. He has shown he has a high level of administrative abilities and is also flexible and able to coordinate things. It may be a new epidemic prevention team, but it is filled with old faces. The public can only wait to see how they will handle the latest threat of COVID subvariants. Labour unions say that more than 26,000 medical professionals have caught COVID in Taiwan. However, only a little over 400 people have applied for workplace hazard compensation. Unions say hospitals often make it hard for employees to apply, asking them to take personal or sick leave instead of a specially designated leave for COVID. Union representatives, lawmakers and medical staffs on Friday held a press conference at the Legislative Yuan to ask for better labor protections. A group of doctors and nurses shout in protest. Over the past two years, COVID infection risk in the workplace has been high, but they say they don't even have basic protections. Patients may take emotional actions, such as pulling at the equipment, kicking at doors, or trying to run out of isolation wards. All of these are high-risk factors for doctors and nurses. 74% of medical care personnel believe that the support they get from their employers is insufficient. Our data here shows only a few hundred applications where the person passed the assessment and received compensation. 90% of medical staff think that the assistance from the government to get occupational hazard compensation is severely lacking. Estimates put the number of infected medical personnel at 26,000, but only one in four or a total of 465 people applied for compensation. And unions say that the total tally could be even higher. They say medical staff are not given paid leave if they get COVID, and more than 40% of infected staff had to take sick leave or personal leave, which don't offer full pay and infringe on their right to take leave. Making many doctors and nurses even more unhappy is that hospitals make it hard for them to apply for compensation. When medical staff report that they have been harmed at the workplace, the hospital will make things difficult for them. First, they will say that you shouldn't bother for just a few thousand dollars. Then they say, who knows where you went after work? Then you also need to prove that you have the same virus strain as a patient. Just go and investigate this situation using the labor inspection abilities that come with the Ministry of Labor. I don't believe that you don't know about this situation. You just don't want to open your eyes and see it. People who pretend to be asleep won't wake up. On the front lines against COVID, medical personnel are busy day and night. Lawmakers are calling on the government to grant more protections to medical workers. They say that would also ensure a good quality of medical care. 
If the employer is unwilling to authorize an occupational hazard compensation claim, workers can send them off on their own. Once they've been received, our bureau will initiate an administrative investigation. The pandemic is still not over and doctors and nurses are continuing with the fight. They can only hope that their rights and interests will not be overlooked by society. The Taipei Summer Travel Expo kicked off on Friday at the World Trade Center. The opening date coincides with the launch of a 5.5 billion NT travel subsidy program by the Transportation Ministry. People were seen lining up outside the venue early in the morning, eager to score a good deal on a summer vacation. Travel agencies say there is an itinerary for everyone. A folk dance troupe from Zhanghua have come north to promote tourism to their county. Travel agents call out to passers-by. This is Taipei's Summer Travel Expo, which has brought together almost 200 operators and 600 stands. After almost three years of COVID, people are itching to travel. That could be seen by the long lines that formed in the morning. I want to make up for the lost time. I'm taking a look at countries nearby, like Japan, because the exchange rate with Japan is good now, right? So you can go and have fun there. I want to go to the US in late August to watch baseball. So I was looking around to see if there were any tours I could join. It's people as far as the eye can see, even outdoors as border restrictions gradually lift and the government launches its 5.5 billion NT travel subsidy program, tourism operators say a post-pandemic tourism boom could be around the corner. We discovered that there are also a lot of people asking about long-haul trips such as to the US, Canada and Europe. I think the reason for that is that the pandemic has made people feel like they should go out quickly and enjoy and experience things. Before the pandemic, we would always negotiate charter flights with many international airlines, for example to cities like Tokyo or Osaka. These charter flights allow for lower prices in comparison with regular flights. One travel agency says charter flights can lower costs and keep profits up. Another has launched a special tour of Paris, with stops at locations featured in the music videos of Taiwanese singer Jay Joel. Be it a summer vacation or a weekend out, there are options for everyone at the Travel Expo. Taiwan shares closed up 112 points, or 0.78 percent, at 14,550 on Friday, led by a surge in TSMC shares. The rebound comes just days after the National Stabilization Fund announced it will intervene in the market. The boost also came from the Financial Supervisory Commission's launch of a stock buyback program and relaxed collateral requirements for credit transactions. Over in the foreign exchange market, the Taiwan dollar depreciated by 5.7 cents against the greenback to close at 29.946 NT against one U.S. dollar. The depreciation of the Taiwan dollar comes amid concerns that the Fed will dramatically raise interest rates to counter inflation in the U.S., which is at its worst level in 40 years. Concerns over a global recession are also sending investors dumping risky assets to buy up U.S. dollars, causing a wave of capital outflows in emerging and Asian markets. And now we continue our exclusive interview with volunteer soldier Yao Guanjun. The 20-year-old 
just returned from a tour of action in Ukraine, where he provided logistical support to the Ukrainian army. Tonight, we'll get his views on the possibility of Beijing's involvement in the war. He claims that false reports were circulated that he had been captured, apparently an effort to influence opinion on Taiwan. And we learn about the troubling reality of espionage in Ukraine. Yao thinks spies could be a serious problem if Taiwan ever has to defend itself from China. Please note, this report contains descriptions of violence that may disturb some viewers. As the Russian invasion of Ukraine continues, Taiwan is captivated by the testimony of volunteer soldier Yao Guanjun. He just returned from serving as logistical support on the front line, where he says he saw traces of Chinese involvement in the war through multiple channels. I can't say for sure directly that China was doing something, but there were definitely Asians speaking Chinese. This is quite sensitive. They would use any kind of pretext to get close to you and follow along with you in assistance work. They were kitted out very similarly. I met one who I took to an area quite close to the front, but there were all kinds of signs I picked up on and I thought they were really suspicious. We're talking about psychological warfare, right? For me to be subjected to Chinese propaganda even in Ukraine, I thought that was too much. Even on the battlefield, getting a whiff of propaganda was tough for Yao. He says that Beijing is also waging a disinformation war. I was shocked that there were reports I had been captured, and not just me, but also a friend I had there. The report said both of us were to be wrongly sent back to China, and people even said we weren't proper soldiers, so the Russians can do whatever they like with us. We saw incredibly horrific things there, including how they treated prisoners of war and ordinary civilians. We would never let ourselves be captured. However dire a situation we were in, we would keep back a final round of bullets in our pocket. If we couldn't kill ourselves, our team members would find a way to end our lives before we got captured. It seems Beijing's influence is even in Ukraine. Apart from enemy forces, Yao also had to contend with a fifth column. We wouldn't ever go into action alone. Why not? Because you never know who you might run into. Who was this person dressed in civilian clothing? Maybe they stashed a lot of food in their house, and then in the evening, their contacts send it to the enemy. There were people sheltering enemy soldiers. There were enemy special agents and our own special agents. Your situation, the safe point for the things you're storing up, they want to know all that. They want to know how you operate, how you set up your supply line. They want to kill you and take your stuff. Enemy spies are often deployed to thwart supply lines. Yao says the same thing could easily happen in Taiwan. Some people in Taiwan want to unify with China. It's the same as Ukraine. There are some of them who want to unite with Russia. They're waiting for the Russian army to come so they can get a new passport. So back to Taiwan. If something does happen between the two sides, those people will be an extremely strong opposing force on the inside. Firstly, they'll destroy all your frontline organization or your backup organization. They'll resist, not cooperate, or attack you or kill you. All those things are very possible. Yao's experience in Ukraine has given him a new perspective on the horrors of war and how it can lead neighbors to turn on each other. He says that faced with China's military might, Taiwan should get ready. 
For once, the presidential office was filled with unique melodies performed by the group's second-generation Falango singing group and the chairman. The occasion was to celebrate the Grammy Award for Best Recording Package they won earlier this year for joint album Pakalang. Even months later, the musicians say they still cannot believe that their album won such a major award in the music industry. An upbeat tune with traditional Amis elements fills the room, accompanied by the chairman. The beautiful indigenous song is being performed at the presidential office. The musicians are here to celebrate that their album Pakalang picked up a Grammy Award for Best Recording Package in April this year. They were received by President Tsai Ing-wen herself. I couldn't sleep well last night because I was so excited to see the president. We've never seen the members of the chairman dressed so sharp. The musicians of the chairman donned tuxedos for the special performance, surprising Tsai. The band has long had close ties with the president, having composed many songs for Tsai's electoral campaigns. Tsai said she was very excited for all the international attention garnered by the album, which is co-authored by the chairman. The Grammy Awards are known as the Oscars of the music industry. They are one of the most significant music awards in the world. And finally, a Grammy has come to Taiwan. I would like to thank all of you for bringing this global glory to Taiwan. I believe the future of Taiwan's musical and cultural industries will be one in which Taiwan continues shining on the international stage. We said this was a fool's project because we were going into this thing that would make us lose money. The designers didn't do it for the pay. In fact, they put forward money out of their own pocket for this album. Only a bunch of nut jobs would do such a thing. And thanks to that, we won the Grammy. Even now, I still find it hard to believe. The award-winning album cover features a 3D artwork of Taiwan's east coast. The mountain range and the ocean blend together to form the silhouette of a singer singing out to the sea. I'm overjoyed to have had this opportunity to be on the international stage and to have let Taiwan be seen by the world. The album is a testament to the beauty of Taiwan's traditional culture, blended with modern-day design. Thanks to this achievement, Taiwan has once again been able to shine on the world stage. A large landslide occurred on Elan's Turtle Island on Friday morning, just one day after four earthquakes hit on the area. On Thursday, the volcanic island started to spew mud and steam, a rare occurrence. But were all these events related or was it just coincidence? The landslide has nothing to do with the earthquake. Rocks fall off there every day. Erosion is a natural process. The tremors weren't that big. I only noticed the second one. The head of the turtle is made of pyroclastic rock, which doesn't have a strong structural integrity. It's very loose, and there's also all the sulfuric erosion. As for whether the landslide had anything to do with the earthquakes yesterday, I think that should be left for geologists to decide. 
The landslide occurred at 8.50 a.m. and left a visible gap on the cliffside. Tourists in the area were able to capture the phenomenon on camera, but experts remind visitors that the cliffside may be unstable as erosion continues. They warn whale-watching boat tours and ferries to keep a safe distance from the island to avoid any accidents. Now, a class for biology buffs. Do we have any epidopterists or butterfly lovers watching the show? Down in Xizhou Township, Zhanghua, a strange sight caught the attention of the locals this week. A wall has been graced with the presence of hundreds of cocoons. Its owner says his plan to grow butterfly-friendly plants paid off. We spoke to locals about the unexpected visitors and learned how the creatures stay safe from inside their little homes. The walls of the San Heyuan compound are hung with a mysterious row of colorful cocoons, yellow, pink, green, and orange. They look like gems glittering in the sunshine. I saw that at the top there were all these cocoons in different colors. Why is it like that? The wall has become a shelf of gems. Local residents were baffled, but as it turns out, these are butterfly chrysalises. There seem to be at least 300. Why have they all congregated on this one wall? When the flowers bloom, the butterflies will come. When you grow plants that have nectar, the plain tiger butterfly will come. You don't know where from, but it will come. The San Heyuan Garden is planted with tropical milkweed, a favorite of the plain tiger butterfly. But how are these many colored cocoons escaping the noses of local predators? Butterflies' chrysalises are actually all beautiful. They have little metallic shiny spots, which are there to scare predators away. This biology teacher explained that the cocoons look threatening. That's how the butterflies on the wall here keep themselves safe even when they're inside their little summer houses.